Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Good morning, and welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. One more ignorant than the other. With Sherry. You insolent little toad. And Bob. I don't think you can charge anybody or put anybody in jail for stupidity. I'm still running free. (laughs) Now broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Happy Tuesday. Hardest day of the week. But of course, for me, every day is a fairyland of enchantment. (laughs) And I'm certainly enjoying my new life as a home health aide. And I want to tell everybody yesterday, my husband enjoyed his birthday and his surprise spam birthday cake. That was fun. And we are watching something really good that I haven't heard anybody else talking about. It's the new season of True Detective Night Country with Jodie Foster. Anybody? Oh, I want to watch that. I no, I wanted to watch it. I tried to talk Mary into it the other night, and for some reason, she didn't have any any interest. But I'm going to watch it coming up in the next few days. Do you like it? I love it. But listen, I don't even know how to describe it or talk about it. It's set in the town of Ennis, Alaska, which is very, very remote and cold as can be. Like I don't care how warm you are when you're watching this season of True Detective, your teeth are chattering. Okay, it's really, uh-huh. and it's it's nighttime. It's that part of the year when when it's nighttime all the time in Alaska. So mm-hmm. the this, the name of this season is called Night Country, and for a reason. So Jodie Foster is the star. There are other actors in there that you'll recognize from other things, but it's definitely right. Jodie Foster's show. And in this part of Alaska, which is honestly. Alaska is one of the most mysterious and unexplored places in the world and definitely in the United States. Like there are so many strange things that happen in Alaska. Like for real, people go missing in Alaska. They just disappear off the face of the earth, including like famous politicians. Like Alaska is a, is a mysterious place. There's even something called the Alaska Triangle, which allegedly behaves like the Bermuda Triangle. That's not what True Detective's about, but you have, and you're 20 minutes into the first episode and you are like, Alaska, you have my full and complete respect. I will never mess with you. And, and try to imagine, and we have a lot of listeners in Alaska who know what it's like to go week after week, month after month with no daylight. So mm-hmm. that's when the show is set. And there's a, Something happens at this Arctic research station and all of the scientists that live there just disappear. They just vanish without a trace. And there's some stuff, some evidence left behind. I don't want to spoil anything. And so the NS police department led by Jodie Foster comes in to investigate. And the show takes such a sharp 
left turn that by the at the end of the first episode, you have no idea what you're seeing. Is this going to have like a paranormal component? Is this going to have like a weird, crazy, dark science angle? Does this involve some sort of vengeance from the local indigenous people? You don't know. But the performances are incredible and the show is beautiful to watch. When you what they have done in terms of cinematography with this stark polar landscape and the endless night is unbelievable. It's so incredibly haunting and beautiful. How many episodes do you know? Um, we just started it, so uh-huh. I'm not sure. Um, and, and I'm recording it. I'm not sure how many episodes six, there are. Six in the episodes. Six. Six, six episodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. It it's worth your time. And Jodie Foster, like, have you ever seen Jodie Foster in anything where you weren't like, oh? My oh, God, yeah. she is this person. This is this person in this life. It's yeah. real. It's more like a documentary than a movie. She's so good. You know, where she, you says, know where she blew my ever mind? Says, Jod- Go ahead. I said, nobody, nobody ever says Jodie Foster called it in. Never. Never. No, that's true. I mean, the accent that she used in Silence of the Lambs was so perfect <sighs> that that slightly, that slight uh, kind of a West Virginia twang I mean, she just got it right down. Well, let me say this about um, True Detective Night Country. There's no such place as Ennis, Alaska. They made it up. And they actually, we were so overwhelmed with how beautiful everything was that after we finished the first episode, we started Googling. They shot it, um, most of it, in Iceland because they need it, they need it, like, endless amounts of remote, desolate, frozen landscape. And without giving anything away, polar bears are much bigger than you, than you think in your imagination that they are. Like here you are in your Chevy Suburban and here comes a polar bear. They're about the same size. Like these things are, these animals are enormous. It's so good, you guys. But again, it's, I, I can't tell you, like, if you're someone who goes, well, if there's a paranormal twist, I don't know. I've only seen the first episode. We watched it last night. But it's so good. So yeah, good. I'm going to try to get to watch that. I think you'll like it. Honestly, I don't think the blonde one is going to hang. No? And and you know I know her. She, I don't think she the blonde one She likes crime hang. stories. She, she watches them without me sometimes. That's why I was surprised that she didn't jump on it right away, you know? I'm not suggesting that she doesn't like crime stories, but I know my girl, and I do not believe yeah. she's going to be hanging for this. This is, okay. uh, this is a show that Max would eat with a spoon. I mean, it's just so good. True Detective North Country, it's our night country. It's on HBO. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Y'all, it's true crime time, and people are just losing their minds. I don't even know. Like sometimes I'll be, I'll click on a news story in my feed and I'll go, this is make believe. There's no way this really happened. And this just happened in Florida. 64 year old guy named Jerry Odom admitted that he murdered his fiance because he couldn't afford to pay for the wedding. What? And we actually, Mm. yes, this is 
this is just so crazy. Um, they had only been dating um, a few months. Her name is Vicki Edge. She was 59. They, so they got together. They were only dating a few months, and they really, really hit it off. And he used to be a millionaire. And I'm not sure where his money went, but once upon a time, he was very successful. And they were talking about moving in together. They were talking about buying a house together. And and Jerry Odom, he's I, this guy, he actually said to the police that, you know, the, they've only been together a few months. He goes, you know, the idea of killing her had crossed my mind. Um, I have guns, but I didn't want to go that that route because... You know, it makes noise. Oh, we have some sound from this guy. This all started a long time ago. Uh, I got divorced about a year ago, and I had um, fifty thousand dollars in the bank, and uh, I had my truck, and I, I haven't paid my taxes in about sixteen years. So I guess basically I was going broke, you know. So okay, and um, we started dating each other. It was at the beginning of May, and, you know, she started talking about getting married, and, you know, one thing led to another, and, and she was talking about wanting to get a house, and I was just agreeing to it, even though I didn't have the money to do it, realistically. Yes, sir. And, uh, Hold on a minute. And we're, we're withholding the rest of the audio because he goes into some detail um, about how he did it. She, his victim, owned a massage parlor. And so she had her own business. They met on a dating app. And it got real serious real fast. And he said, you know, I guess uh, I didn't know how to get out of it. And that's what precipitated what happened. We, we have got to, in addition to teaching a class on how credit cards work, we have got to teach people how to break up a relationship without committing murder. Like that, that right. there's some, there's a step between, I think I, I don't want to see you anymore and, and brutal cold-blooded murder. What the heck guys? And the murder, the, the, the way he killed her was he basically beat her to death and it's horrific to even think about. So it wasn't just a murder. It's a murder mm. that required a great deal of work. Like I, mm. I, I just don't know how. How can you do the that? The calmness uh, in his voice, the calmness in his voice is absolutely chilling. It's like the, he, was, he was talking about, you know, he wasn't paying attention and he ran a red light or something. Um, this doesn't neighbors. sound like a person. This is the first person he killed. I mean, does that make sense? I mean, he's too uh, calm yeah. about this. Yeah. Well, here's like here are the other details. Neighbors said that the two of them were head over heels for each other. They were super excited talking about their wedding, which had been planned to take place in October. The parents had already um, in, had been invited. Now, her brother said, I did see some red flags. Um, they started talking about buying a house and a wedding. And I was like, whoa, slow down. You just met this guy. But the relationship caught fire and moved really, really fast. And this, this little detail broke my heart. When police searched the house... They found um, a birthday card that she had given him. I guess he put it in his sock drawer, which is where birthday cards go. But inside the birthday card, she wrote, I am so thankful God put us together. Looking forward to many, many more years together. Like what, what gets into a person? 
was this going on in cowboy times? Was this going on in the 1950s? Or is this um, indicative of the age that we find ourselves now? No, I can tell you, and Max will back me up, um, that human beings have been behaving like this for um, ever. I mean, some of the some of the stories that I read that took place like in 1881, where some guy was like, you know what, Uh, winter's coming, and I am tired of this farm and this family. He kills everybody. Like that kind of thing has been going on a lot longer than you know. But here we are in 2024. And you, you didn't have to do this. That, no, that, that no. John List murder. He was in financial trouble, couldn't afford the house, and decided, "Let me kill." The, the only way out of this is to kill the entire family. And he very calmly killed the entire family, moved away, set up a, a different identity, and lived that way for seventeen years before he was caught. Does Does it's this crazy. not come down to just to keep from having an uncomfortable conversation? I killed a person. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah. To be embarrassed and have an uncomfortable conversation, I brutally murdered somebody that I loved. Rather than to, to, to be humbled by I this mean, situation. I, I don't enjoy conflict, but um, I dislike dang. a mess even more. Woo, God, it's cold. We got morons in the news next. It's Bob and Cherry. Morons in the news is sponsored by Every Plate. Skip the grocery store and save money with Every Plate. Check this out. We never seem to run out. Out of my way, you morons. Morons in the news with Bob and Cherry. You know, a Pottsville, Pennsylvania man is facing charges after police say he jumped through his neighbor's window to gain entry into the house while he was naked. According to the Pottsville Bureau of Police, around 7.30 in the morning, officers responded to a reported break-in. Police say 27-year-old, and I love his name, Michael Yakinchik, who was nude, jumped through the neighbor's window, shattering the glass window pane to get inside the home. According to officers, upon arrival, a female resident told police Yakinchik was a neighbor who jumped through the window and he was still in the house. Yakinchik, who was still naked, approached the officers refusing to listen to verbal commands. Police say they attempted to take Yakinchik into custody, but he continued to resist and he disobeyed numerous orders. Pottsville's officers say it took three officers to subdue Yakinchik and take him into custody. Another occupant told the police that when they heard the window shatter, they saw Yakinchik lying on the ground. And when he got up, he started walking towards them saying, I'm going to kill you multiple times. (laughs) Pottsville police say that the male resident began to grapple with Yakinchik but he broke free just as law enforcement arrived. Yak and Chick was taken into custody and he was charged with felony counts of burglary and criminal trespassing, as well as indecent exposure, simple assault, and criminal mischief. Yak and Chick is out of prison on a $15,000 bail while he awaits his preliminary hearing. Now, if I'm going to bust through a glass window, I'm going to oh. put some clothes on. I'm going to have long pants on. I'm going to have shoes and a shirt. 
I just don't know that I'm going to neck it through a. And they never said what was he doing. I mean, he's a neighbor. Dude, dude I'm wearing oven mitts and an athletic cup. If I'm coming through yes. your picture with yes. oh, Hey, listen. God. While he's out, while he's out on bond, is he gone back into the neighborhood? Or is this awkward for everybody? I mean, I don't know. Uh, wow. Can I just tell you uh, the the temperature in uh, Pottsville uh, yesterday was 14 in the morning because he did this in the morning. <laughs> so yeah, glass. But hey, it's cold and you're naked. Whoa. Oh, all right. Let's go to well everywhere in America because the U.S. Federal Highway Administration has given states two years to make all the necessary changes that will prevent them from having any more funny or humorous or clever electronic highway signs. It's so sad that we can't have anything. Let me run through some of the ones that will be disappearing forever. From the state of Massachusetts, you will no longer have use ya blinka. From Ohio, (laughs) no more. (laughs) From Ohio, no more visiting in-laws. Slow down, get there late. From Pennsylvania, (laughs) don't drive Star Spangle Hammered. Um, From New Jersey, hocus pocus, drive with focus. And in Arizona, hands on the wheel, not on your meal. Um, We also won't be seeing seatbelts always pass a vibe check. And I'm just a sign asking drivers to use turn signals. It's all going away because Human beings cannot have anything nice because somebody screws up or complains. I know. What are you complaining about that for? Those things are hysterical. It's all and it gets your attention away. and it makes you think and you have conversation about it and it starts to mean something to you. Thank you. That's crazy. And that the electronic sign that said, I'm just a sign asking drivers to use turn signals. <gasps> why, why can't we have that? That that makes more it. people use a turn signal than anything. Yes. What oh, cleverness. All cleverness. I, all the fun. I think gone. that those signs are distracting and, and it really upsets me and it upset my children. You know, my children were in the back of the car and I was taking them to yeah. school. They were upset yeah. and I'm, we're thinking about getting a lawyer and suing over this because it's so exactly. upsetting to me and my children. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's, it only takes it only takes one loud person banging the cranky drum. To ruin the fun for everybody. That is Morons in the News coming up. Comedian, hey, Suze Trejo, and confrontational dining. It's the newest trend in restaurants. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Dallas, Texas. Are you a Swifty? If so, there's a Taylor Swift convention coming to Dallas this March, promising to bring fans of the anti-hero singer a fun and memorable event. It's been dubbed TaylorCon Dallas. This two-day event is being held on Friday, March 15th to Saturday, March 16th. There, you're encouraged to be fearless and to show up in style, wearing your best Taylor Swift costume for a costume contest. You can also shake it off during a Swifty <laughs> dance party to become your own superstar during a lip sync battle. And if you think you know Swift and her music all too well, then test your knowledge <laughs> during the trivia hour. All of these events plus more will have prizes for the winners. 
And don't forget those friendship bracelets either. There'll be a bracelet exchange hour on the first day. If these illicit affairs interest you, the event is from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on both days. Advanced tickets start at $10 for children ages 5 through 12 and then $40 for a single day for adults. If you plan to attend both days, you can purchase a ticket for $64 in advance. Swift was named the 2023 Person of the Year by Time Magazine, and she recently became a billionaire and will get even richer if you buy a lot of these tickets. So don't miss your (laughs) chance to join all the other Swifties in Dallas, Texas, and have a wonderful time. Uh, Sherry, as a Swiftie, do you think the Bob and Sherry team could send me to this convention? Yeah, we need to say about it. I would love to send you. Oh, my God. If we could both go. Yeah, that would be amazing. I'll win the costume contest, I can assure you. Hey, Lamar, this will be really fun. I want you to send that to Tony and say we'd like to send Max to the Swifty convention and let him crunch the numbers. Tony is always up for a good distraction involving (laughs) money. Go ahead, send that on over. I'm going to tell him, hey, get back to us pretty quick. We're trying to make reservations. (laughs) (laughs) It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Kohl's. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com today. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Jesus Trejo. Thank you so much. Uh, I tell my Uber driver 50 bucks cash. Yeah, you don't do something like that and not tell anyone. So So I'll tell you guys. I tipped him 50 bucks because I wanted him to pretend we were a family when he dropped me off at the airport. He was good, man. He got out. We hugged. He stood there and waved at me aggressively. And as I'm walking away, I'm pretending to be embarrassed. I'm like, all right, man, chill. <laughs> 10 minutes later, he sends me a text. Are you at the gate yet? <laughs> well, this transaction's over, bro. <laughs> I'm excited I'm back in the gym. Uh, I started going back. I made the mistake of asking for a personal trainer. Don't do that. The buffest guy came out. He goes, it's 150. I'm like, stop right there. I don't care. <laughs> If it's a day, month, or year, not interested. They need a cheaper option. Like, give me a chubby personal trainer. Someone who I can build with together. How much is it? Accountability, bro. Let's do this. (laughs) What does a personal trainer do? Count? You're there, bench ready. Why? That's what I said, man. My biggest pet peeve is when they spot you using their index finger. I hate that. They're like, there you go, there you go, all you, all you, there you go. There you. Then why are you here? I paid for the whole hand. Use the whole hand. I feel like if you have a chubby personal trainer, any question they ask you, you can answer by asking it right back. Are you going to be here tomorrow? Bro, are you going to be here tomorrow? Are you eating what you're supposed to? Bro, are you eating what you're supposed to? Yeah, there's a guy that goes to my gym, and uh, he shadow boxes, like, for hours. He goes there, I want to go up to him, like, bro, you have that machine at home. Go home. Take the push-up guy with you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you have to be super optimistic to be a shadow boxer. Have you ever seen a shadow boxer lose? (laughs) <laughs> they always win. Like, if I did it, I would lose. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. 
are you okay, man? You should have seen my shadow, bro. <laughs> it's a big shadow, man. I've never been, I've never been to an escape room, but I feel like I would suck at them. It took me 35 years to move out of my parents' apartment. <laughs> so what am I gonna do with one hour? That's stressful. There's a lot that goes into escaping a room. Finances, your mother's blessing. <laughs> I was gonna go to one and uh, I went to the website first and the website said, if you can't figure it out, don't worry, we let you right out. I'm like, that's BS. If I pay $30 and I don't solve it, leave me here. Bring the next group in. Come on, have a seat, you guys. They'll walk in, do you work here? No, I couldn't solve the puzzle. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I couldn't solve the puzzle. Uh, yeah, I haven't been to work in a week. <laughs> Can you help me? The concept of escape rooms to me is very funny. You're like, your life is that good that you have extra time and money for more problems? <laughs> It's like, I'm gonna turn my apartment into an escape room. It's like, I gotta figure out how to get dad health insurance. Time starts now, go Red. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh man, you guys are the best. <laughs> I just got a jury summons. Yeah, they're sending them out right now, so when you go home, don't check your mailbox. <laughs> yeah, I just got a jury summons in the mail. And you know what's interesting? That the jury summons landed on the same day I have court. So we'll see. <laughs> Fingers crossed I get to be a jury on my case. <laughs> I'll beat it for sure. Like, Your Honor, I know that guy. He's a good guy, that guy. He wouldn't even fight his own shadow. <laughs> my name is Jesus Trejo. That's my time. Thank you guys so much. Jesus Trejo. We'll get that posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And while you're there, two things. Nominate your favorite teacher to win an amazing trip to Margaritaville in Fort Myers with our friends from Visit Florida and sign up for the Bob and Sherry newsletter. We never spam you. We send it out once a month. It's loaded up with fun stuff, cool stuff, contests, all sorts of things. B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Does everybody remember Kendra Wilkinson? Yeah. Kendra Wilkinson. Yeah. She's not doing so well, is she? Well, uh, People Magazine has an exclusive article about her, and the title is, Kendra Wilkinson wants different path for her daughter after being sexualized at Playboy Mansion. The reality star veteran shares, if you're not totally sure, she was one of those three blondes, young blondes, that Hefner had as his, quote, girlfriends. Reality star veteran shares her experiences in the Playboy Mansion and hopes for a better life for her children. When Kendra left home at age 18 to move into the Playboy Mansion, she was excited for a, quote, wild new life. I was young, fun, and dumb. I made a crazy choice to live with an older man. Now, two decades after she and Hefner first began dating, she has a different perspective. Quote, I got into deep regret afterward. I got to the point where I started hating myself. Why did I have sex with Hugh Hefner? She asks, who was, and this is breathtaking, folks, 60 years her senior. She said, I hated my body. I hated my face. I got to the point where I started hating myself. 
she learned her experiences in the mansion and she said it took a toll on her self-esteem. That's what she learned. She uh, said that it was something that affected future romantic relationships, mostly single since her messy split from Hank Basket. Oh, I haven't heard that name in a while. Her priority remains her children. She has, let's see, three, ages 14, nine. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, she has two, 14 and nine. I look back at what happened, and I felt like I had to date an older man when I was 18. What drove me to that place? Why did I choose that? <clears throat> Those are the things I'm trying to correct in parenting my daughter. What can I do to show her that she's more than that? And uh, I'm looking at her kids, and they're, they're really beautiful <coughs> kids. She is still a very beautiful woman, but looking back, I, th I think that she has been really traumatized. She, she said, things got worse the longer I stayed there. Sex, sex, sex. That's all I knew. Looking back, she has regrets, but she doesn't want those experiences to shape her daughter's future. Well, of course not. At the end of the day, I don't want my daughter sexualized at a young age like I was. I had to dig deep. I had to dig really deep into my own life and say, holy crap, at what age did I start to get sexualized and why was it completely okay for me to move into the playboy mansion and not choose college instead yeah i told you i i thought i had i thought i saw something um about she's just really not okay she's really struggling she suffered yeah, yeah. depression for years depression panic attacks panic yeah. attacks i mean you I think it's an important question to ask. Why at 18 did I think I needed this? Why was mm. this the path mm. I chose? Mm. With, and I think you can ask that without being judgy about it, you know? No. Because, no. like, I know what it's like to be an 18-year-old girl and to have 18-year-old daughters. And absolutely no way do they belong in that world. They're, no. Well, I mean, at 18, you know, it's not like you're 15. You're 18. You can go to college. You can join the Army and all of that. But as we all know, your brain doesn't really get totally mature until you're about 25 years old. And the years between 18 and 25, those are a lot of years, you know? Um, and I What's think happening when you're 10 or 12, else, though? What's, you know? Yeah, yeah. What's happening when you're 10 or 12? I think if you're 18 years old and all of a sudden somebody's uh, waving a shiny object and saying, do you know what goes on in the play? We have the biggest stars in the world that come here for parties. Yeah. There are pools there. You're going to get your own bedroom there. They're going to dress. It's nothing but glamour. At 18, there are an awful oh, yeah. lot of young women that would say, this is, this is an opportunity for me to really get successful. It's harder to go to college, take out loans and all of that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All true. But still, I mean, from what I, from what I understand about Kendra and the things that I've read and things I've seen her say in interviews, um, it wasn't just about, you know, college isn't for everybody. There was a lot going on there that made mm -hmm. her vulnerable to being exploited, which I, I feel like yeah. that's what happened. 
Oh yeah, she was definitely exploited. There's, and she wasn't the oh, only yeah. one. And I'm not just talking about those those three uh, blondes that uh, you know he used to put on the cover of the magazine and all that. There, there is. We're learning now. There were so many distasteful things that went on at the Playboy Mansion. Mm-hmm. It was always presented as this glamorous. Oh, you know, Hef, he's just a big old kid, you know, and he kind of loosened up, uh, you know, an uptight America. Some of that's true, I suppose. But some of the stuff that went on there with drugs and, uh, yeah. dare I say, Bill Cosby, as just one example, um, that was a dark place. It was a really dark place. Yeah, not good. And, not good. And there was nothing fun or funky or fresh or sexy about any of it. It was tawdry. No. And at the no. end, Hef was a sick old man who needed to be pumped full of all kinds of stuff. Surrounding himself with these women. Oh, my God. It's super gross. Super yeah, gross. Yeah. It's in People Magazine. It's Bob and Sherry. Small Plates is sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. It is time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Plates. I may have mentioned this once or twice. My wife, Mary, wants me to make some new friends this year. Some new friends. I'm not that wild about it, but uh, I'm going to give it a shot. And so I... I was interested in this article I read. The average adult has three true friends. Think about that. People typically stop making new friends at the age of 37. About a quarter of us stop making new friends at the age of 24. And many people feel lonely, and a lot of people would like to have a new friend, but they don't know how to do it. It's harder as you get older. And I think all of that is probably true. There's this guy that I met who's the husband of uh, one of Mary's friends. And um, he said to Mary, I would like Bob to be my friend, but I don't know how to go about it. And so we've been kind of circling. Evidently, that's the thing. When, when you're like, if you're if you're six years old and you see some kid in the playground, you'll go over and start talking to the kid. But when you get older, it's just a little more awkward because you don't know, yeah. you know, if the guy's really weird and then you're <laughs> stuck with him and all of that. Um, Why don't y'all pass notes? I like you. Do you like me? Check one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. No, that that would not work out for me. Just say Because even as just a say kid, it. even as a kid, I must have not been someone they wanted to have. Do you remember I told you, Sherry, I was over at Douglas Smith's house watching TV Oh, oh wait, I got to get a Kleenex. Shows. This is the saddest story of your whole childhood. Oh, God. Yes, tell Lamar. And I was having a nice time. Douglas Smith had never invited me to his house before, and he invited me. And we're over there watching cartoons, and, you know, I'm going, this is nice. And then Douglas Smith said, so when do you have to go home? <laughs> and, and even as a nine-year-old, I knew that Douglas Smith had had enough of the Bobster. And I just got up and I said, yeah, I'll see you later. So I don't know what to do about it. But I'm not the only one. I can tell you that much. I am not the only one. That is a sad story, one. though. That's a sad story, Bob. Yeah, I know. Um, being called baby has a positive effect on the female brain, causing instant emotional stress relief. So baby is good. Here are some terms that are not good. The old ball and chain. That's not good. The wife. No. The wife. No. The the warden. 
Don't call her that. Don't call her the warden. A skirt. Don't say that. I mean, what are you, 1940s film noir actor? No, don't don't use that. <laughs> a lot of people are naming their potted plants. The most popular name for potted plants are Max. This is, according, is it Max? Like the dog? It's not. <laughs> okay. No, it's not like dogs. This is 1,500 gardeners they went to, and they said, what are the most popular names for plants? And here's what they came up with. Bill, Ben, Charlie, Vera, Birdie, and Bob. Bob is one of the most popular names. You know, sometimes, I got to be honest, sometimes I feel like a potted plant. Seriously. Like I go... I go into my wife and I say, hey, I just learned something fascinating about the Sopranos, 25th anniversary. Did you know that they had to pay $20,000 to rent Tony's house from the people that owned the house every time they used it? $20,000. Potted plant. Potted plant. I could go in and I'd say, did you know that Mick Jagger and Keith Richards have known each other since they were eight years old? Potted plant. Potted plant. So that's probably why it's one of the names is Bob. Here is the latest food excitement. Foodies believe, and by the way, I mean, what makes you a foodie? You know, when you think about it, we all eat food. Why are you a foodie yep. and I'm not a foodie? Because some people are like my husband and they say things like, I don't live to eat, I eat to live. Well, then why are you putting that potted yeah. meat in your maw if you're trying to live? Yeah, but that's people a good that point don't there. care about food, they're yeah. the ones who aren't foodies. You want to hear what the hottest thing is for foodies? Confrontational dining. Confrontational des- dining is the next big thing in restaurants. Dishes <laughs> where animal parts such as ears and horns, heads and eyes stare at you while you eat it. It started in a London restaurant that serves a chicken pie containing hearts, livers, and wings with the bird's head sticking out of the crust, looking directly at you as you eat it. I mean, I, listen, there was, they had this big horn steer that was hanging on the wall of a steakhouse where I was, and it kind of spoiled the evening. Uh, that's that's the way I would. I mean, what are we doing? Hey, I you know I strangled you, I chopped you up, and now I'm going to uh, eat you. Look no, at me. As I'm getting ready to cut the steak, I raise my drink to the steer and say, "Thank you, brother. Thank you." And then take me a big old bite of that steak. But and that makes you feel him. okay. No, I'm no, one no. with him. I'm you one are, with oh, him. Okay. All right. All right. There it is. Well, at least you're well, honoring your food. Yeah. Hey, that's yeah. right. Bob that's had right. a friend. Um, we've enjoyed one of Bob's traumatic childhood memories. Now here's one of Bob's children's traumatic childhood memories. Bob had a friend who honored the live crabs before dropping them in a pot of boiling water and poor Landon almost didn't recover from it. So look I, I at you, Lamar, honoring yeah. your food. Yeah. There and you she go. was saying that we honor the crab. Goodbye. All right, that's uh, Small Plates. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. 
So a few days ago, Lamar and Sherry were talking about people who become beekeepers. And there was good news that, what was it, honeybees are not on the endangered species list anymore? That's what I read. I hope it was accurate. That's good. Yeah, because so many people, you know, were very upset because if we don't have bees, I forget exactly what it does, but it is not good for animals and human beings. We don't eat without bees. We need our pollinators. We have to have our pollinators. And I just saw this article about uh, celebrities who are beekeepers. Beekeepers. Would you like to hear who they are? Yeah. Some of them uh, I, I didn't suspect. Like David Beckham is a beekeeper. Yeah, I knew he was. I knew uh, he was. Scarlett Johansson is a beekeeper. Uh, Beyonce. I, I didn't see Beyonce doing that, but she is. She is a beekeeper. And so is Sting. He is a beekeeper. Let me yeah. see who else. Oh, yeah. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Lamar's favorite band, yep. is a yep. beekeeper. Yep. And uh, the list goes on and on. I think I think that's just such good news. You know, in a period where there's so many bad things going on, the bees, we, we're, we're helping to at least save the bees. And once again, celebrities are, are doing their part. Because I wouldn't be talking yeah. about this if, if celebrities were not really doing it, too. And then <laughs> and one of the things people are doing is uh, putting together bee boxes a bee box is where bees go when they're out of the hive if they need to get out of the elements. So they just they put have, like a, some special. You have one? We have one of those. Kev keeps talking about wanting to have bees. Listen, I'm so thankful he didn't get around to it. Because if I had to add taking care of his bees to everything Ooh. else I'm doing right now. <laughs> right now, I know. Oh, okay. yeah. To-do yeah. list. Bathe lizard. Check. Feed lizard with a tweezer, check. Give husband sponge bath, check. Smoke the bees, check. Yeah, pass. <laughs> no, that's, not, that's not good. Although I could see you doing all of those things. So there it is. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. Talk back time. You can call us on the phone like people did in the olden days, you know, the 90s. Call 844-52-SHERI. Or if you have our app, which is awesome because you can use it to listen to the show and text the studio and enter contests and all of our podcasts, including Talking Lamar and True Weird Stuff. Um, there's a little microphone in the bottom center of the screen. If you tap it and talk, the app will do all the work for you. Hey, Bob and Sherry. This is Jackie <laughs> from Virginia. Uh, long-time listener. I, I, I'm i not sure if you can hear, but I'm calling from the barn today. I take you guys on my farm all the time. You've helped me through my morning chores. But this morning, I was listening uh, while working with our sheep. And um <laughs> was listening to Lamar talking about how he hates self-checkout and Lamar you're killing me man because I love self-checkout um get truth after I mean I'm the I'm the woman that gets in line behind the poor elderly gentleman love him but he's trying to pay with his target card and it takes three people to figure out why the transaction is not going through in the meantime I'm like dude I got sheep I gotta get back to uh let me, let me go. um so I love self-checkout. I like to be able to put the groceries where in, I, I put them in this bag to go in the barn. I put them in this bag to go in the fridge. I put them in this bag to go in the pantry. I just really love self-checkout. But have you considered that self-checkout, I don't know about you, but I'm in the barn by myself today because we don't have help. We can't get people to do jobs. 
um, that we actually have a deficit in workers. And by eliminating some jobs, maybe we can fill jobs so that I'm not here by myself. Also, those checkouts, Walmart has to pay a machine tax on those. Yes, Walmart has to pay taxes on that machine to have it operate in my county. I don't know if it's going but it should. Because that machine can contribute to our local tax base, but doesn't take away from that local tax base by having multiple children, driving on the roads, needing the rescue services, all of those things. Jackie from Virginia again, I got cut off, imagine that. Um, but so I was saying the uh, self-checkout actually contributes to the local tax base without um, using the resources from the, to- the local tax uh, revenue. So uh, I'm not sure that, oh, it takes jobs and, oh, uh, taxes. I don't know that those arguments really hold up. Uh, girls, do you think those arguments hold up? Anybody want to weigh in on this? Uh, well, sheep don't understand taxes anyway. Um, but uh, just wanted to say, love the show. I know you guys like the animal background noises, so I wanted I wanted to share some of my, yeah, right, they did. Um, I want to share some of my my lovely morning with you all and if you know somebody that has lost a job send them my way um thanks love you guys and i'll I'll listen to you soon bye that is the most focused person i've ever heard in my life ever who knew that sheep made that much noise you know what oh I love? God. Just like all animals who have tried to perform on the Bob and Sherry show, at the moment she asks for their opinion, they shut up. Silence. I know, that's true. Yeah, it's always that way. Well, they were thinking about it. They were having to think too it's hard. It's always that way. <laughs> Jock needs to mark that as sheep don't know nothing about taxes. Because who could argue with that? <laughs> well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Hey, that the way she describes self-checkout, it's awesome. I still don't want to do it because I'm not getting paid to do it. So God bless all those. That's a great idea, but Lamar does not want to do it. That's the bottom line. I love her. Bottom line. She's sweet, though. She's sweet. God. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry website. The Oddcast. Contest info. BobandSherry.com. I don't know if you've ever seen an article that is posted online, and it is about things that other countries have that we don't have in the United States. And every time I read one of these, I'm always surprised because I say to myself, but we're America. We We should have everything first. You know, we we invent so much. How could we not have these things? I'm looking at one, and it's really kind of, it's mind-blowing. Some of the inventions that are out there and are common in other countries, and we don't have them. Let me start with the tiny island country of Aruba, very beautiful place. They have a machine, and it's on beaches all over Aruba, that puts on your your sunscreen for you. It literally rotates around and sprays it everywhere you want it to be sprayed so your hands don't get all greasy and you don't miss spots. It looks like teak wood. You press one button and there you go. Why don't we have that? I think that would be a very cool thing. The second thing is uh, it has to do with public bathrooms in Japan. You go into the public bathroom, and I'm not going to get specific here, 
But next to you on the wall of the public bathroom, you can play music in, in your area so that there is no sound except music in your stall, which, you know, I think keeps it dignified. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. This one is in Warsaw, Poland, Warsaw, Poland. They have a special section on the sidewalk specifically for people looking at their phones. So you don't get stuck behind slow walkers glued to cell phones. Which yeah. and and they have yeah they have a like a little uh, icon of somebody looking at their cell phone. This one I never would have thought of in Tokyo, Japan. Maybe you've seen this. You have uh, a daughter and a son-in-law who yeah. live there. Yeah. Tokyo, Japan has what's called an air shower. It looks like it's the size of a great big Coca-Cola machine, but you open mm-hmm. the door, and it's for people who are allergic to pollen. It basically blows it off you and your clothes. And then you leave. It's free. Oh, I would love that. I Isn't that ingenious? That. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Why don't we have that? And this one, um, Mother Russia. Oh, I got some problems with you, Russia. I got some real problems with you. But I'm gonna and and I I don't think I've ever had a Russian product in my life. Has anybody anybody outside of maybe a bottle of vodka? They produce crap. Their their cars still look like they're out of a uh, Inspector Clouseau movie or something. But they came up with one pretty good idea. The entire pole of a traffic uh, light lights up the color that the light is going to change. So there is no missing. It comes out of the ground, goes over the top of a road, and then, you know, the light turns green or yellow or red. The entire pole lights up. So if, you know, you get distracted rather than having to pick up on that one little light, and they're bigger than you think. The entire pole is red, telling you to stop. I I think that's a pretty good idea. I, I I wish we had that. This one is so simple. I don't know why we don't have it. The Japanese have a carrying pizza box where it has a handle on the top. So instead of, you know, it's really hot yeah. underneath and you're carrying it, it has a handle on the top so the pizza is not disturbed and your hand is uh, is not messed up. This again, I think we talked about this. Sherry may remember this. In Japan, you can choose a cart color, whether you're pushing the cart or you're, you're carrying uh, a little small portable cart around a store. On the one side, it's pink, and that's for people who say, I need assistance with shopping. On the other side, it's black, and it says, I can shop for myself. So if let's say you're a woman, you go into uh, like a Target, and um, you're looking for something, take the pink because you want somebody to help you. If you don't want to be bothered, you want to be left the hell alone, take the black and there's nobody that's going to come over and drive you crazy. In, there is no yeah. target employee ever born of, of a woman that could help me find something in target that I can't find myself. <laughs> I need Yeah. No target was target. not a good example. Uh, now, I should have used would, like Bloomingdale's or something like that. I went to, um, uh, Lowe's to get something. And I thought, you know what, while I'm here, I'm going to get a tape measure and keep it in my car. Cause I'm always needing a tape measure. They yeah. sell a million different kinds of tape measures, mm-hmm. but finding where they sell that tape measure, 
See, mm-hmm. that's when I need the cart that's pink that has lights and a siren because I mm-hmm. went up and down. I looked at like the aisle where they had bolts and screws and I looked at the mm-hmm. aisle where they had like, you know, picture frames. And eventually I found a guy who pointed me over toward like the Husqvarna power tools. And that's where the tape measures were. Those are the yeah. stores you really need help in. But yeah, I do love yeah. the idea. Yeah. And finally, again, Japan, and I'm looking at a picture of it. Japan in elevators have emergency toilets that you can sit down on just in case. I got to tell you, that could be a mm. little uncomfortable. Oh, the oh, door just oh. opened and I'm not done. Mm. Hi, folks. Not having mm. one can be a little uncomfortable, too. That, um, too. That, too. Yeah, I guess if you got stuck. There they are. We should have these things in the USA. It's Bob and Sherry. Can You Believe This is sponsored by BritBox. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this shit. I cannot believe this shit. Oh, you've heard of the Facebook group called Are We Dating the Same Guy? And in fact, I think we've talked about it a time or two here on the show because I know Mary follows it, right, Bob? I follow it. I think she does. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the premise of Are We Dating the Same Guy? It's It's a private Facebook group, although on the internet, folks, nothing is really private. But it's a page designed for women who date guys to get references and warn other women and Mm-hmm. See if they're actually dating the same guy. Because sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, it'll turn out this guy is a player or this guy is bad news. And anyway, it's all supposed to be good, clean fun. But it's not so much fun if you're one of the guys and you discover that you're one of the guys being talked about on Facebook's Are We Dating the Same Guy? And that's what happened with Nico D'Ambrosio. He lives in Chicago and he is now suing 27 women, one man, and multiple social platforms, including Meta, Facebook's owner, for false and defamatory statements. Hmm. So while the group, its its technical official description is, red flag awareness group across the country where women can empower each other and keep each other safe from toxic men. But according to Nico D'Ambrosio, It's actually a platform to permit women to anonymously dox, defame, and attack the moral character of men they've met online. So in Nico's case, he went on a few dates and hooked up with one of the women he's suing, a relationship that he describes in the lawsuit as unremarkable. She posted him to the group on Facebook and asked for information from other women. And women jumped in and said, he's very clingy. Another woman said, he's a psycho. Then another woman said, we went out, but after we hooked up, he ghosted me. So Nico and his attorneys have asked the defendant to delete the post, and she did. But then the lawsuit says she reposted it under a different handle. So he wants $75,000 and a court order to stop <clears throat> to stop these women from continuing to post in the Are We Dating the Same Guy group. So no one who's not a member of that group is ever supposed to know what's going on. But like I said, the internet is never, ever, ever private. Nothing you post is guaranteed to stay private. Um, And the posts can have 
according to this lawsuit, a really big effect on a person's reputation, which does seem to be the point of, are we dating the same guy, right? If you're, if you're saying he's clingy, he's a psycho, he'll ghost you, you're trying to have an effect on his reputation. But Nico D'Ambrosio in Chicago is like, uh-uh, not doing it. You're not doing this to me. And again, he is suing 27 women, one man, one man, and everything from threads to Instagram to Facebook to probably Twitter. Thoughts? I think Mary, I think Mary uh, picked it up uh, when Madison got out in the dating world after she got out of college. Um, I'm a little confused. Is it is its primary purpose to find out if the guy you're dating and you think that it's exclusive is dating other people no. or is it red flags? It's red flags. When okay. we say, are we dating the same guy? We don't necessarily mean literally the same guy. I see. Right? Okay. Although that's, yeah. Th- yeah, that's okay. come up on that site as well. Like they've, yeah. you know, some cheater sure. guys, player guys, but it's right. mostly, I mean, the site is, is described as red flag awareness and most of the posts are about red flags. So the thing about this lawsuit, and it's interesting because we live in new um, times where, you know, we've got new realities. And this is an example of that. If I'm Nico D'Ambrosio and I'm filing this lawsuit, here's what I feel like I'm basically saying. Yeah. Yeah. So what if I'm a clingy psycho ghoster? You shouldn't be posting about it on Facebook. Like he really called attention to himself, don't you think? If my name is Nico yeah. D'Ambrosio, I'm going to try to get a job. <laughs> at, as, a you're a player. A, a male you're a player, player sir. You're, yeah. You're I'm Nico Ambrosio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> name. You know what I think? I better though, shut Bob? up. He's going to sue me. What? You know what I think? Kate, I think Kate being Trump. named Nico D'Ambrosio is what's gotten him into all this trouble with women to start I think with. so, too. <laughs> yes. I think so, too. You don't, you that, don't see this happening to Lamar Richardson or Bob no. Lacey. <laughs> right. Nico I mean, that Ambrosio. sounds like a name of a character that Will Ferrell would play in a movie. Oh, you know God. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. So, you know what? It's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out because it's just one yeah. more example of how the internet and social media platforms are not a free-for-all. There are consequences. Right. We'll get this. Speaking of Facebook, that's where we'll get this posted. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry are teaming up with Visit Florida this school year to salute teachers for all the hard work they do by giving them a chance to win a well-deserved relaxing vacation to Margaritaville Beach Resort, Fort Myers Beach, situated on the Gulf of Mexico. This laid-back retreat is the perfect place for our teachers to find the coolest shells in the sand, sip frozen concoctions, indulge in local fare, and revel in spectacular sunsets. Plus, each teacher and their guest will receive exclusive access to the Fins Up Beach Club to enjoy the action-packed aquatic playground or chill out to the sound of great music on the Sunset Terrace. If you want to nominate a special teacher or even yourself to win this awesome vacation, log on to BobandSherry.com and hit the contest tab. Nominated teachers could win weekly prizes and qualify for the monthly grand prize a spot to travel with us this summer on our trip for teachers to florida teachers we salute you with our trip for teachers to florida from visit florida and bob and sherry contest rules apply 
instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. So I've mentioned before that uh, one of my favorite sites I go to now on the uh, on the internet is uh, worst album covers of all time, and and they're very funny. Most of them are from the seventies, and the clothes are ridiculous and all. But they somebody posted one just the other day. It's an album. It's a vinyl album, probably 25 years old. And somebody had a copy of it. And the album on both sides is nothing but babies crying. You are listening <laughs> to babies crying. And so I looked at some of the comments, and one of them was, best birth control ever. Best birth control ever. <laughs> and you know, that person may be right. Because Some, if you've oh not man. been around a little baby, I love them. I just, I love them so much. But if you've not been around a real baby when the baby's not in a good mood, it's, you know, it's work. Some people can tune that out. I can't. I, I cannot can't tune a crying baby out. No. I'm like, let me help that baby. Give me that baby. Let me assist that baby. <laughs> And and Allie, and my youngest daughter, Allie had colic when she was a baby. And she had to be walked constantly because uh, evidently, I must have said, I just love a colicky baby because I was the only one doing the walking. I remember that distinctly. So I don't know if that album is still out there, but two sides <laughs> of babies crying, that is going to be... A heads up for what it's like when you actually have a kid. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Yesterday, we were talking about um, winter weather and how everybody has, if you've if you've grown up where there's winter, everybody's got one winter horror story that they love to tell. Well, Colleen texted us. She couldn't call. And she said she was living in Chiefland, Florida, which is about 45 minutes west of Gainesville. And there was a snowstorm that happened a long time ago in Florida. Mm -hmm. And she said, Floridians aren't used to snow and ice. Well, yeah, you very rarely have a snowstorm in Florida. Yeah. She said there was accident after accident everywhere, particularly the interstates. And traffic was backed up everywhere, taking hours to move. I was dating a guy in Lake City, Florida, about an hour north of Chiefland. Chiefland feels to me like where you would live. Like you would be from Chiefland. You would like that. Why do you say that? Chiefland. It, it sounds very rural. Chief, but it's, you know, the chief. You're the chief of Chiefland. I'm chief the chief, land. yeah. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm the chief in Chiefland. <laughs> That's me. Uh, <laughs> so she says, we decided we wanted to play in the snow. So I left in the early afternoon, turned the music up loud, and headed the hour drive to Lake City. I guess I've always been a little crazy, but it was so exciting to have snow and ice in Florida. I'm driving along like it's nothing, oblivious to the seriousness of the weather. Summertime driving. I remember passing the interstate and seeing a few cars coming out the exits. The people's faces so stressed and upset. I met my boyfriend and his brother, and we drove to the empty parking lot of the grocery store. We had a blast. The guys holding on to the side of the truck and sliding on ice while I drove. We played till almost dark, sliding on the back roads and testing our, our driving skills. It was great fun till we turned sideways going down a hill and we couldn't correct. And we stopped just short of going down an embankment that would have ended us up on our side. Mm. We decided not to push our luck anymore after that. It was such a fun day for me, but no doubt the opposite for many others. Um, that that like ability to go out in the worst possible weather and just drive and have fun. 
is a gene that some of us have and some of us don't. I don't want that gene. I don't have it either. I tell you what, I've driven in really bad weather when I when I was working in. Do you have another one here, or do I? No, go ahead. Keep talking. I I was uh, working in Worcester, Massachusetts, but I was living in Providence, Rhode Island. So that's like an hour, hour and fifteen minute drive. And I was doing morning drive. I was twenty years old, I think, and um, I was I was living in the house of my first wife's sister, renting an apartment upstairs, and about a foot and a half of snow fell. I had no snow tires. I had no chains. I had an hour and 15 minutes to go through country roads between Providence to and get Worcester. Home. And my car is an old Japanese car with wheels about the size of a Barbie Jeep. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking out and it's 3.30 in the morning because I, I knew I had to get up really, really early. For some reason, my uh, her sister put a piece of wood on the walkway. I don't know if it was to stop runoff of water or whatever. It was a piece of wood about a, about a foot, foot and a half high and, and just stuck it there on the walkway to my car, which was parked on the side of the street. And so it's snowing like crazy. And she just put it there like the day before. I don't know why. I still don't know why to this day. I come out it's about eight degrees. The snow is still blowing. And I have an hour and a half to two hours because of the weather to drive to Worcester, Massachusetts, an ugly, terrible place to work with a paycheck that is so low and a station that's so bad, sometimes the paycheck would bounce. So Not really off worth I go. risking your life nope. for in that moment, nope. right? So off I go. I got my, my coat on. I got my scarf on. And I'm walking to my car, and I don't know about the piece of wood. And I hit it, and I go flying, and I tear open my uh, the knees in my pants. Oh, my knee is now bleeding, <laughs> and my there's snow in my pants now, and I have an hour <laughs> and a half or whatever it is was with, with wet pants, bleeding knee, and I don't know if I'm going to get there. So anyway, I I do make it. I, I do make it, and I come back, and I walk in, and she's there with uh, her sister. The two of them are talking, and I come walking in looking like I just got out of the ring with Joe Frazier. And they look down, and they go, what happened to you? And I said, I tripped this morning at 3.30 over this piece of wood that somebody left. Oh, how they laughed. <laughs> Oh, how they laugh. You can't escape it. Like everywhere you go, this is how you're treated. Why do women women find things like that to be humorous? It's not your pain that's humorous. And it's not what happened to you that's humorous. What makes it humorous for you in particular is your outrage. Your outrage is why we laugh. Oh, I didn't. This was not my house. I didn't. I wasn't outraged. No, you were because you were like, physically. I tripped over this wood that somebody left out there. And of course, the somebody is sitting right there. I, so it's, no, I know. said it like this. I said, someone left a big piece of wood out there and I tripped over it. That's, and then hilarity. That's even funnier because that's like hapless McDoo right there. I think you're right about that. My father one time slipped on ice on a sidewalk in front of our house. My parents were going out somewhere mm-hmm. and they were dressed up. So he comes back in the house and his fingers have gotten all nicked up. So he's putting band-aids on himself. He goes, yeah. I look like a freak. <laughs> See, that's what's funny. The outrage. And to this day, I still laugh about <laughs> 
Because it was, it was his outrage on the fact that they wanted to go somewhere. He was dressed up nice, and to him, he looked like a freak. So the next time something happens to you, try responding without that puffed up outrage and see how that works. She saw me with her sister, and the reason she laughed was because this number. He can't do anything. He can't even get to his car right. right. He can't even walk to his car without falling down. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry website. The Oddcast. Contest info. BobandSherry.com. Go to BobandSherry.com and tell us about a bill you received that shocked you. We're selecting four winners to pay that bill on their behalf. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. There's something that I need to figure out how to fix or put together or whatever. I'm watching some dude on YouTube walk me through it. Just this Mm -hmm. week alone, I've been on YouTube for changing because, you know, my husband is immobilized for a while. You know, not not a long time, just a year. So it's no big deal. But I've had to figure out, like, how to change, like, the air filter on this thing and how to... Mm -hmm. Uh, my my um Google Wi-Fi went crazy and I had to reset all of that. So I'm constantly watching um, YouTube videos showing me how to do things and really, really dependent on it. And life would get hard for me fast if the Internet went away because I'm not sure how either I didn't ever fix anything before or we just lived mm-hmm. in a state of, of filth and chaos. I don't know. So I'm online and I came upon something. I haven't tried it yet, but I feel like this is a punking situation. This can't be right. This person who blogs for HGTV, which I love, said that um, you should try cleaning your windows with a potato. <laughs> I just cannot, cannot get my head around this. Here's what? what it says. Here's what it says. Slice a potato in half and rub mm-hmm. the potato using a circular motion on the surface of the glass until it's covered in a starchy film. Next, spritz water onto the glass and wipe the surface with a towel. The results will blow your mind. Okay, but in a good way or a bad way? Like, are the results going to blow my mind because I'm going to be like, oh my God, that's a streaky potato window now? Or is this really going to work? And have you ever heard this before? And has anyone done this? Because I don't want to be the first person to climb up on a kitchen chair and try to clean my window with a potato. Um, I have never heard of it. I have never done it. And I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it a shot. It, the sunroom studio that I'm in has one, two, three, four, five windows. I'm surrounded by windows and they need to be cleaned. They haven't been cleaned in a while. I'm going to give that a try and see if it works. But I am not I tr- telling her. I'm not telling herself. No, no, don't tell do her. Shh, shh, shh. No. I triple right. dog dare you, and then you can you can report back on whether or not washing your windows with a potato is a good thing. It's just they're starchy. Like, wouldn't it be smeary? I don't see how. Thank you, Lamar. I don't see how. It has to have some sort of a, of a composition that breaks down dirt. And then when it breaks it down and you, and then you spray, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can, I'm going to be out there with a ladder. I got to get a small ladder to do that. Even though I promised Landon, I would never get on a ladder again. I, I'm going to give that a try. I could see maybe it works. You know, you're surrounded, you're surrounded by neighbors that don't have a lot going on. One of them is going to be watching you with binoculars and doing (laughs) a play by play to his wife. (laughs) Susan. 
Susan, uh, Mr. Talkie, uh, the, yeah, the radio dude. He's wiping his window with a potato. What? <laughs> uh, come here. It's a, he's on, yeah, it's a potato. Yeah. I'm going to try gonna, it. You're going to entertain some folks. I'm seeing another mm-hmm. thing that says if you do this with the potato on your windshield, you can prevent ice from getting on there, like frost oh. in the morning. Really? It's, but, so you of course, rub you still pota- can't see out of it. So, it doesn't <laughs> so wait, wait. You rub the potato on your windshield, then you rinse it off with water, and your your windshield won't frost up? That's Get the, the heck out of here. Yeah. Well, there used to be, I guess they still make it a product called glass wax, where you would put it on the window, and it would be like leave a powdery residue, and then you would wipe it off, and it would clean the window better. So I imagine it's the same principle as with this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, then let's put let's put the open – let's. Open challenge. Everyone listening right now, we want you to either wipe your, clean your windows with a potato (laughs) or go outside, swab your windshield with a potato, and then please report back. You can leave us a talk back at 844-52-SHERI. That's the phone. Or um, you can grab the Bob and Sherry app in uh, Apple or Google Play and tap the microphone on the bottom screen and let us know. Because if... If we've gone our whole lives not realizing that we shouldn't be eating potatoes but cleaning things with them, I want to know about it, don't you? Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, my my wife is like you. I mean, she was a single mom, and she had to figure out how to fix stuff because she wasn't making enough money years and years ago, you know, to pay some guy to come by and fix something for $180. So she had to figure out how to do a little plumbing here and there. And whenever I say, oh, this thing is broken, why don't you Google it? You can find anything on Google. Just Google it. All right. And slowly I'm coming around. You can find a lot of information, I have to admit. I I just want to thank every 27-year-old dude out there who takes the time to make YouTube videos about computers and Apple and phones and air filters. and You are doing the Lord's work, my dudes. It's Bob and Sherry. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast. Have you checked out our Oddcast podcast? That's where you can find all the stuff we can't do on the radio, including the new Talking Lamar podcast. In this episode of Talking Lamar, the Buzz on Bees and Naked Jason Statham, I'm talking about facts that you don't know about Jason Statham and bees. That's two for the price of one. Well, this is certainly exciting. I was just telling everybody that I read online that you can wash your windows with a potato, and that just seems to me like not really accurate. But it turns out Bob and Lamar and Doc Max found 10 more mind-blowing uses for the humble spud, and this is just a Bob and Sherry exclusive, let me tell you right wow. now. Well, um, wow. I think I think the reason it's exclusive is that I mean, who really wants to hear about 10 different Aww. things to do with a potato? I do. I don't know if we should. I don't think we should I'm go sitting here. Way. I'm sitting here with a pad and a pen. <laughs> I'm taking notes on potato packs. So I... Hey, Bob. You keep pushing back on this. I'm going to have an 11th use for a potato. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... Years ago, years ago, I, I did a bit on, you know, what's the proper way to break down a door? And I was I was very criticized for that. So especially by Max, he, he said he said it's ridiculous. We're God. actually doing a bit about how to break down a door. And now I'm you come to the table with things to do with a potato. 
You know, can I just I'm, say, um, I dozed, a couple of I months dozed ago, off for a second. I dozed off wait, wait. over the door. A couple of months ago, you forgot that we had happy hour, but you still remember being insulted by how to break down a door. Bob never I forgets never, a slight. I will never <laughs> forget that. Bob never you know, forgets a slight. You know what slight. I read? You, you know what I read the other day? The brain, the human brain is programmed to focus more on slights than compliments. And well, I am living proof. Look at you. Yeah. I am living yeah. proof. <laughs> look at I'm you. I'm not a doctor, IQ. but I knew that. All right. What are they? What, what are these ridiculous yeah, things you okay. yeah. Clean your yeah. cast iron. So what you do is you Whoa, drizzle some olive see? oil on the bottom of your skillet. Next, pour in a generous amount of sea salt, cut a potato in half, and rub the potato around in the skillet and the sides in a circular mo- motion until the rust and grime are gone. And then use a cloth to get the excess oil and yeah. salt out. It's the salt doing the work, though. It's the salt doing the work. Move on to the yeah. next. But, no but I wonder, because I have a cast iron that I, I'm going to attempt this with, I wonder if there's something in the magic of the potato that, ex- nope. that gets... No, you're saying nope. it's all the salt. Okay. Paper right. towel, do the same thing. Let's move on. I'm, no, no. I'm going to stick that the potato had to be a part of the processes. You're not going to diss my little okay. list. Okay. Yeah, well, he's yeah. Right. Bob Actually, right. he's right. Why, why would they bring a potato to this list? They're trying to clean. add to the potato legacy. All right, all They're trying what's to the add next? Yeah. Like the why potato? bring a potato? Why bring a potato if you have bounty? But maybe the potato. There's right. something in the potato, y'all. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Uh, you next can one. you next can one. patina brass using potatoes. First, cut a potato into thin slices. Let the pieces sit out uncovered until they turn reddish brown. Fill a glass or plastic container with enough vinegar to cover the piece of brass you're wanting to patina. Next, add one tablespoon of salt for every half cup of vinegar. Then add the potato slices to the container and let let the brass sit in it, and it will, and the patina will form. Okay, I'll go. With who that. would who would want to make your brass look old like that? How many people listening right now? There's there's like zero people that want their brass to look old, as yeah. opposed to like you know bright golden and shiny. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I have. I mean, I've got the brass, you know, but I don't think I have. Yeah, right. Looking around, <laughs> we all know that. Any. Yeah, right. You ever had a shattered uh, glass light bulb, right? How do you get that? Shattered bulb removal? Get a potato in half, stick the potato up, and that's how you get it out. Apple do the same thing. Uh, What, Will? An apple? Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the potato's cheaper, though. It makes also a nutrient-rich compost. You have puffy eyes? Don't use I cucumbers. Did, yeah. Yes. I want to try that. I want to you try can, that. You can reduce puffiness around the eyes and diminish dark circles under the eyes. But did you know the same can be said for potatoes? You've done it with cucumbers. Simply cut a potato into thin slices, place them on the eyes for 20 minutes, and poof, your eyes will have no more puffiness. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. You know what? You can shine silver with potatoes. Use boiled potato water. Place your pieces of silver at the bottom of the potato peeled pot, ensuring they are fully submerged and they will clean Whoa. your silver. Oh, good. I, I don't have real silver or brass to patina, but I've got some puffy eyes and a cast iron skillet, <laughs> Max. So well, I'm, Sherry, I'm if you like, if you like that, you can use it for the foodie face mask. You can use it on your face to make your face look nicer. Use four tablespoons of baking soda to apply the mask and let it sit on your face for 10 minutes for optimum results. Hey, listen, some people were spending $60 for black soap from Dr. What's that guy's name? Dr. Laszlo. uh, Laszlo. Yeah. Well, okay. So that y'all don't think I'm a potato hater. 
I've told right. you this story many, many times. When I was a child, ingrown toenail, scraped potato, pack it on the ingrown toenail, wrap it up in some cloth, sleep on it. The next day, you can cut the uh, toenail out with pain-free. All the swelling's gone. All the pain's gone. I, I'm glad Potato. we're ending with that image. I'm dying inside. <laughs> I am crying in the fetal position. You know right? no, the other, the other <laughs> one's okay. I don't believe you can cure an ingrown yeah, toenail yeah, with a potato. No, you still got to cut it out, but it makes it, the but, pain's gone and the swelling's gone. The only thing I can say is we have discovered the potato is pretty magic so far. Don't knock it until you've tried it, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. True. Can you imagine a radio consultant listening to this content? Hey. Oh, I hey, can hey, imagine. Matt. Yeah. The door, the door frame can do none of these things. That bob pad, that door frame, it can do none of this. The door frame is worthless. Uh, yeah, I can't knock a door down and then put it on my puffy eyes. The man speaks the truth. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I swear, I need to go back into therapy. Why do I care about what people think about something I've done. And why do I care? I'll give you an example. I cleaned out my clothing closet. I have one closet for me. All of my clothes are in this closet. And it was crazy. I went in there and I, I took a lot of the clothes I never wear anymore, put them in a bag to take to the, to the church secondhand store. And I cleaned that out. And then I arranged the clothes according to colors and according to the time of year. And it looked great. And so I called Mary and I said, hey, come on in here. Take a look at this. And she goes, what? I said, look how it's arranged. It's perfect. It's totally organized. She said, it looks kind of the same to me. What? <laughs> and then she walked away. And then oh, no. I, I briefly mentioned this a, a few days ago. Uh, the garage floor was filthy. And the garage, there was just stuff all over the place. Barely parked the car in there. I got the car out, I cleaned it, I got my hands and knees, I got rid of the grease on the floor, I, I put a new place for the bicycles, uh, I, I just, I ranged it, I hung stuff up, I said, hey, take a look at this, I've been doing this all day, look at this, it took me six hours to do this. She goes, oh yeah, you were putting that off a long time, and then she <laughs> walks away. I'm sorry, pumpkin. Why, You're why the best... I- you're the best husband and the hardest working husband, and you you have the best taste in things and the most helpful germs, and you're so good at organizing stuff. You are. Is that so hard? Was that so hard to do? Not at was all. It, was it, I mean, you're going to be away from TikTok for what, a minute? You can't give me a minute mm-hmm. of your looking at TikTok and say, wow, that was really, and you were on your hands and knees doing that. Wow. Thank you. No, you're Thank the you best. Thank you for doing You're the best. Hey, when wait, you know what? It's- wait, till, wait till she sees you cleaning the windows with a potato. I think you're going to oh, get your yeah. propers then. Yeah. Yeah, well, I better. I, do. I better. <laughs> yeah. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review And maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. 
Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.